0: Welcome to Life Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the Internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you part eight, the final part of an eight part Lenten series entitled Purple Theory, with today's message specifically entitled Gratitude, based off of Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, and verses 52 through 53. So let us dive into the Word today. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. The men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples, everyone else, and everyone else, what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened, but the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Christ is risen. Hopefully you responded, he is risen indeed. I'll say it again. He is risen. Amen. God's grace calls us to live lives of gratitude. Here are some things for us to consider. We all know what gratitude feels like in response to a gift. But we may not realize that an, quote, attitude of gratitude, unquote, is something we can cultivate in our lives. In fact, I don't even like calling it an attitude, and and you'll see why in a little bit. Practicing gratitude has become increasingly popular in secular culture. You can find gratitude lists, journals, and meditations pretty much anywhere. Research even shows that gratitude makes people happier. For example, the research done by Harvard Medical School, which was published by Harvard uh, Health Publishing in the article, Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier, um, uh, in that article they they come to the conclusion that people who are grateful, people who have gratitude, are generally happier. Uh, In fact, if you want to uh, see the link to that, uh, that, that, uh, you can check it out in the episode notes. I'll have it there to that article. If we look deeper into the meaning of the word gratitude, we will learn that it comes from the Latin word for grace, graciousness, and gratefulness. Gratitude comes out of the recognition that what we receive is not something we've earned or deserve. It is pure gift. Grace. Think about the the difference in feeling when you receive your paycheck compared with receiving a gift. Easter is the primary event of God's grace to humanity. As we celebrate Easter, we can learn to live in response to grace through the practice of gratitude. The other spiritual disciplines we have looked at throughout Lent prepare us to be attentive to and aware of the moments and gifts of, God, of, of grace that God gives us every day. Let me say that again. The, the other spiritual disciplines we have looked at throughout Lent Prepare us to be attentive to and aware of the moments and gifts of grace that God gives us every day. To put Easter in the context of our Lenten series on spiritual disciplines, you might consider, why were the women at Jesus' tomb, why were they there in the first place? To anoint Jesus' body with the spices they had prepared? why on this day and not sooner because they rested on the sabbath what would have what would have happened if they had gone with the spices sooner or not at all we don't know for sure but the point here is that the women lived life in a spiritual rhythm their days and weeks and habits formed by the practices of their faith It is not that they made resurrection happen through these things, of course not, but their spiritual disciplines put them in the right place at the right time to discover and recognize that the miracle of resurrection had taken place. Their spiritual disciplines, rather than fear or sadness, shaped their responses to the event of Jesus' death. Regardless of how they felt, the women were disciplined enough to do what needed to be done. That led them to the right place at the right time. Resurrection, rather, took the women and later Peter and others by surprise. While the women went to the tomb to attend to the dead body of Jesus, God surprised them with the exact opposite resurrection, life. The only way they could respond was in surprise, wonder, and awe. In Jesus, God had taken on the weight of sin and death on the cross and defeated it so that we, like Jesus, might live. This is a tremendous and surprising gift. Notice that the apostles did not believe the women at first. Surprise, surprise, right? Peter immediately ran uh, ran to the tomb, eager to see what the women were talking about. And when he arrived, he saw the tomb empty. And he too became amazed, confused, wondering what had happened. Next, Luke tells us about the two disciples who meet Jesus on the road to Emmaus. It took some time for them to recognize the risen Jesus for who he was, for who he is. Even though they, too, told the rest of the apostles about Jesus' resurrection, the latter were still startled and terrified when Jesus showed up in person. Like, hello, didn't Jesus just tell you that, like, before he died? Didn't the women who came back from the tomb tell you that? Didn't the two from Emmaus tell you that and you're still not getting it? Of course, anyone would be terrified if a dead person appeared to them alive, let's be honest. Jesus appears at different times and in different ways to different people. I'll say that again. Jesus appears at different times and in different ways to different people. Jesus and the grace offered through him are always unexpected. Grace breaks into our lives as a gratuitous gift. Once the disciples got over the initial shock of Jesus' resurrection and came to understand it as the gift of repentance, metanoia, change of mind and heart, and forgiveness... Of sins that it is, they respond in gratitude, not just for a moment, but as a new way of life. Luke chapter 24 verses 52 through 53 tells us, they worshiped him. And then they returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Gratitude becomes not just something we express, not just an attitude, something that's fleeting, something that's here one moment and gone the next. Gratitude becomes not just something we express, but part of who we are. Our disciplines bring us to a place where we trust that God will do something. And we are grateful to be a part of it. Gratitude is a natural response, friends. Gratitude is a natural response to receiving a gift. In our busy lives, however, we we do not always recognize God's gifts to us. As we live lives shaped by spiritual disciplines, we can and will become more attentive and aware of God's movement in our lives. Jesus' resurrection is the greatest gift of all time. Through it, God conquers sin and death and opens us up to new life in both big and small ways. The gift is offered to everyone, but it is also especially meant for each one of us in particular. It's both communal and individual and personal. Intentionally, practicing gratitude is not only the appropriate response to this gift, but it also helps us to become increasingly more attuned to the grace we live in each and every day. It helps us to see the moments of life in the midst of sorrow grief, and death. Some ways to practice gratitude include keeping a gratitude journal, which was mentioned earlier, listing a few things each day that you are thankful for, that you are grateful for, sending someone a thank you note or calling them to say thank you, paying for somebody's coffee in the line behind you, not because you have to, but because God is good. And calls us to be good to others. What joy, what grace, what gratefulness comes out of that. That spreads gratitude to other people. And of course, you can, you can pray prayers of thanksgiving. As a people who are forgiven and reconciled to God through the saving work of Jesus Christ, we are called to live in a posture of gratitude. Now, I want to be clear. Gratitude is not guilt or indebtedness. It is not feeling like we owe God as if we can ever pay back God for what God's done for us. I mean, that's impossible. We can't ever buy our way into heaven. We can't buy God out. We can't pay God back. Rather, gratitude is the joyful response to the gift of Jesus given for us. Given for you and for me and for us all. As a community, we express gratitude through baptism, through celebrating the Lord's Supper, by generously giving back to God through our offering and tithes, through volunteering volunteering in mission and ministry, through our prayers of thanksgiving. But there are other ways in which we can express gratitude as well. So I challenge you, Think about how you as a community can be more intentional about gratitude and how, in doing so, you will participate more fully in the heralding or in heralding the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this this easter message what a what a glorious day it is to be alive to be celebrating your resurrection lord and to be reminded that in you there is no fear in you there is eternal hope and life and that sin and death have been conquered thank you for all that you have done for us and ch- and challenge us and and inspire us to to grow into more grateful people to to become a people who have culture or cultivate and, and nur- nurture gratitude within our lives so that we become a gracious, grateful people. We thank you and praise you in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you for tuning in. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And so uh, I just want to thank you. It's always an honor to be with you on a Sunday, and I'm thanking uh, you all for your your uh, faithfulness in, in listening to this, and I, I hope it, you get something out of it. Um, I trust that you do. And uh, just remember to check out the episode notes. And, uh, again, the link to that uh, article that I found um, that, that I mentioned in my message, uh, you can find that in the episode notes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, if if, you, if this is your main uh, source of spiritual nourishment for the week, uh, then I would invite you to consider giving, gratefully. <laughs> uh, pun intended to, uh, to our church, uh, the, the more uh, people who give and support to us, the more we're able to carry out the mission and ministry in this difficult and crazy and challenging and yet exciting time. Uh, we're always thankful for all who who support us, and 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 we uh, know that God is doing amazing things with your support. So, uh, if that is the case, thank you for giving. Also, if you are just using this supp- supplemental supplementally and you're a part of another uh, church community, then by all means support your church; they need it as well. We're all a part of the same kingdom of of God. So uh, brothers and sisters, remember you are richly blessed. Be a blessing to others. Amen.